Pastor Grace and her husband Matt, they co-lead um, Vintage Faith Foursquare Church, and um, we are just so excited to have her with us today, not just as fellow partner in ministry and as a friend, but also as our associate supervisor of our district, and I am so excited about the word that God has given her today to share with us. Would you please welcome Pastor Grace Kladnick to the stage. Amazing. Hi. Thanks, Sharon. That was so sweet. How are you? Are you doing good? So you know the, yes, thank you. Can you hear me okay? Can we just take 10 seconds and say a big old howdy to everybody who's online right now? Hey, online church. Come on, let them hear your voices. We haven't forgotten about you, and we love you, and we're so glad that you are tuning in. And you probably don't have pants on, but that's okay. We love you anyway. God says, come just as you are. <laughs> I'm super excited to be with you guys. And like Pastor Sharon said, it's been about six years since we uh, came and were a part of this church. And I told your intercessory team, I've been waiting for six years to get that prayer that they give. You know, I was six years ago. I mean, my husband and I still talk about the amazing prayer that comes from this place. I don't know if you know how blessed you are to be a people of prayer. I've been to a lot of churches, and I'll tell you what, you can tell the difference between those who pray and those that don't. I said it. I said it. Don't record this. Don't put it on YouTube. I won't name the churches. <laughs> But you can tell the difference between someone who's been with Jesus, can't you? Can you tell the difference in yourself after you just sang that song? Come on, there is something that happens when you get in the presence of Jesus. I hope you change. I hope it does something to you. I hope other people can see where have you been? Did you go to Hawaii or have you been with the presence of God? You know when someone comes back from vacation, you're like, where have you been? You're glowing. You're, you look rested. Would we be a people? I know your word this year is speak life. Would we be a people that we don't even have to speak? They see it first. If you're waiting for the words to convince somebody that you love Jesus, you've missed it. You need to be found in the presence of God. You need to see him, experience him, and let that propel you to then speak. I would even go as far to say, keep your mouth shut until. So anyway, I'm Grace. I'm happy to be here. I come to you from Culver City where my husband and I live, and we pastor Vintage Faith in Culver City. We've been there for about 10 years now, before that in Australia. Before that, we were um, youth pastors and associate pastors in a really another really tough place, Manhattan Beach, California. It's rough. I know. It's like, Lord, what really? Um, and I now have the privilege of working for the Foursquare um, Western District, and I, I heard that you got to be with Billy last week. He's my boss and a friend, and um, we, I know he told you, but I'll tell you again, we have about 2,000 credentialed pastors, soon to be 2001, I hear. Marcus is going to get his license. It's amazing. Um, we have about 430-so churches in our district. You're a part of a very large family all across the world, four square churches, um, and one of the beautiful distinctives of Foursquare is that we believe in every single person is called by God, that every single person, regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of the background, regardless of your sex, you are called by God. And we specifically say that women, I identify as a woman, uh, women... <laughs> Women um, are not just tolerated in the church, but they're actually released 
to preach to men and women. Not just run the children's program. I know it's hard. I know, right? Not just preach on Mother's Day. Not just on Mother's Day. If you didn't know that, you're a part of this four-square family. You were actually founded, this denomination was founded by a woman. So I am honored to be able to stand up and preach. I'm honored to be here. I'm so proud of my friends, Tim and Sharon Lee, your pastors that love you very much. They not only need your prayer and hugs, they need your gift cards to to Chipotle, (laughs) Target, Sharon, what was the other one? TJ Maxx. (laughs) Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We're so excited to be in your house today. And wherever we find ourselves, we know you are there. And you love us and you're coming after us. And so, God, I pray right now that our ears would be tuned to your voice. And, Lord, I am just a vessel here and I want to be used Um, to speak your truth and your words and whatever is not of you, God, have it just fall to the ground and not be recorded later for YouTube and that we would just hear the words of the Lord today. Amen. Why don't you turn in your Bible to Ephesians 6. And really quick before we we dive into that word, I just, I had a a sense in my spirit as I was driving here today uh, to pray for a few things. Is that okay if we pray for a couple things before we get started? The first thing that I felt like the Lord was saying is that he wants to heal some people um, that have had COVID and you still have um, the effects of COVID. So maybe your, your taste and smell still isn't back. Maybe it's something more serious in your body. Would, would someone be so brave to say that might be me? Would you raise your hand? Yeah. Okay. See the hands raised? Church, could we extend a hand if you... Let's not touch. I don't know where everybody's at with what they feel about things. So, but this, God can do this, right? So why don't you go ahead. If your hand, raise your hand really high if you need prayer, if you need healing in your body. If you're online, would you let us know, and we'll pray for you too. Somebody in the back here too, make sure that you're extending a hand. Now, church, why don't we begin to pray right now for healing in their bodies? Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord God. Healing, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord God. And Jesus, I just pray for complete healing. Not good enough. Not, okay, this is better than. Complete healing in the name of Jesus in their body. I pray for taste and smell that still has not come back or is distorted would be healed right now in Jesus' name. I pray for a constant headache that you still have in Jesus' name to be healed. I pray for anything going on in your body, your kidneys, your lungs. Uh, you're still having trouble breathing right now in Jesus' name that you would be healed. Anyone online who is still struggling in the name of Jesus, we pray for your healing. I pray for anyone right now, hopefully you're not in the room if you have COVID, but anyone with COVID, in the name of Jesus that you would be healed, your lungs would have air to breathe. I pray against the spirit of fear right now that is over so many, the fear of getting it, the fear of if I give it, right now in the name of Jesus, I speak peace over your mind, peace over your body in the name of Jesus, amen? Amen. So Ephesians 6, 10, let me read that to you. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Say devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, say, what's it there for? Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. A few months ago, I was praying, and I just had this unsettling in my spirit of just, you've ever just been agitated, and you didn't know why? When I go to Venice Beach, I'm just agitated. 
Like, I don't know why. My husband loves to go to Venice Beach and, like, people watch. And I get agitated with Venice Beach. I, just something in my spirit. And so I, sorry if you're from Venice Beach. We love you. Bless you. But something was just agitating me. And I was like, Lord, I just, I was in prayer. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. I just feel, I feel so swept up with everything. I feel like I have no, like, this. What is that called? stability. Like, I just need a second. Has anyone ever, it's like, I just need, could I pause? Could we have a second world to collect ourselves and to figure out kind of where I'm going next, right? Talked about the trilogy that we're in. I don't like trilogies. Like, just let me know the first movie. Like, I want to know that the couple gets together in the end and it's all good. And we're in this trilogy of life, it feels like. And, and I was just feeling this. I felt swept up. And the Lord showed me this picture. Years ago, I went um, uh, rafting down a river. And I was dating my husband at the time. And I grew up on the East Coast in Boston. We didn't have rivers that we rafted down. We floated down. And he said, and he's from uh, uh, Oregon State. And he said, we were dating. He goes, I want to do something really fun this Saturday. We're going to go float the river. And I was like, that sounds dangerous. Like, I, I don't. And so anyway, we go to this river, and the Lord reminded me of this picture. And he said, remember you got there, and you had these, these great little floats. Some people had um, blown up air mattresses. Have you, have you heard of this, the float the river situation? Okay. So we get on this. He had a blow up air mattress, and I had a little tube. And I was like, this, is, this, this feels wrong. You know, we're going down a, a river. We're just supposed to float. People had floating coolers. I mean, it was a day event. And so we get on this thing, and I'm like, I don't know about this. I, well, it took me about one minute to realize this is the best thing ever. I am going to sit in this tube and float just wherever it takes me. Every once in a while, it would kind of take me into the, the bank a little bit, and I'd kick off from the bank and I would come back and we floated that river for about two hours and it was glorious and God reminded me of that picture when I was agitated in my spirit and I was praying and he said you're agitated because it feels like you're just floating the river of life right now and you got no control you're just being taken up with wherever the stream tells you it's going to go and occasionally you brush up into something that reminds you and you're like, ah, I'm just going to float some more. And he says you're agitated because you weren't meant to float through life. And you're agitated because there's something more for you. And you, got, and you forgot about it. Because the current of life, let's be honest, is pretty swift. The current we live in right now is pretty swift. And I said, well, God, what am I going to do? I'm floating. What am, I, what am I doing? And he showed me this picture. He said, Grace, if you would literally just stand up, the current and, and the water that you're in, the current of this day is so shallow. It's so shallow, Grace. Church, it's so shallow, but it feels so strong. But it's so shallow. And he said, would you just stand Would you just stand? And it brought me back to this scripture where the Apostle Paul, he's writing a letter to the Ephesians. He's stuck in jail. And many times, you know, the, the apostles and the disciples, they would write letters back to the churches that they once started, right? Many times in prison, many times far away to remind them, to encourage them, to sometime, sometimes give them some correction. And he writes this letter to Ephesus and he's reminding them all through, the, all through this letter, all the chapters before we get to here, remember who you are. Remember who God has said that you are. Stop floating. Remember who you are. Remember what God says. Remember that you're chosen. Remember that you're alive in Christ. Remember that you're one in Christ. This is for everyone, Jew, Gentile. Remember he's reminding them in this letter to them. It says, remember the unity in the body and how important it is. Remember to be imitators of God. This whole letter is talking about the high goals that God has for his church. And one of those goals is not to float through life with the current of our culture. One of those goals is to simply stand. 
in worship, I was reminded of, of Ephesians 5. Switch, flip over there really quick. Ephesians 5, or scroll, or however you get the word of God in you. I don't care, just get it in you. Remember in Ephesians 5, where he says, verse 26, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. And then let's go down to verse 29 where it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those that listen. I, was, I just, I kind of, I thought about that. In this whole letter, the Apostle Paul's reminding the church of these things. Remember, remember, keep your mouth shut unless it's going to build them up, unless it's going to edify them. It was as if he knew Life Church 2022 was going to have a word for the year. Speak life. Thanks, Jesus, that you thought about us all these years later to remind us what it looks like to speak life. What it looks like to imitate God. So there's this letter that this church in Ephesus would have been hearing. It's as if Pastor Tim and Sharon go on a nice sabbatical to Hawaii. Receive it. Receive it right now. And they send you a letter. And they say, Life Church, we love you. Aloha. <laughs> You're the best. Just want to remind you of a couple things. Be imitators of God. Look like them. Talk like them. Smell like them. He's reminding the church who they are, what they're called to be. And then we end the letter. And he says, finally. So how can we be imitators of God? How could we possibly speak the words of kindness and goodness? How could we possibly not react in anger? You certainly cannot do it on your own. Have you ever tried to just muster up kindness towards someone that you really don't like? It comes out condescending, comes out rude, patronizing, because you need a strength that is not your own. So if we're trying to stand, not get caught up in the current, <clears throat> even that action is going to take something that's stronger than you. Because then what do we do, right? Okay, I okay, right, awesome. Don't float, stand, got it. To do. This week, not going to float. What does that even mean? We love to-do lists, don't we? We love to say, look, I checked it off. I didn't float. I No, this is something that you need the power of God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to help you stand. Does anybody want some of that? Does anybody need some of that? So we have the Apostle Paul. And remember Paul, I mean, he, he's, he's speaking from experience here. At one point, he was on a road ready to kill and, and, and persecute and put in jail Christians. And then all of a sudden, God got a hold of his life, and he turned a corner. His name even changed. His whole life changed. This is, this is a man who is speaking from experience that I couldn't do it on my own. The Lord needed to literally cover my eyes and bring a rebirth into my life so that I could live according to what he's called me to. This is someone speaking from experience. That when he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is a man speaking from prison, saying, believe me, I, this isn't in my own strength. 
You know, we complain because we have to put a mask on our face to go into Target. Here is a man in prison for the gospel. You want to talk about persecution? I'm just visiting, so I'll leave. I'll be leaving in just in about 30 minutes. Hang in there. You want to talk about persecution? Let's talk to Apostle Paul. And you know where his strength came from? God. You know where the final line for him was? I'm going to imitate God. It's not about my opinion. Oh, man, the opinions. The opinions. So we see in Ephesians 6, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He's introducing us to this idea of spiritual warfare. And he's talking about the spiritual fight that is all around us. The title of my, of my message today is Fight Like a Believer. Many of us want to fight <laughs> in different ways. How do we fight like a believer? And Paul is here to remind us that our fight, our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other. But it's against this invisible enemy, if you will. And the devil is banking on the fact that you ignore him and you look at each other and you put up your fists or you type away on Facebook. Fighting looks differently this, these days, doesn't it? We just unfriend. The enemy will distort the truth and he brings division and lies. It's literally his job. If you feel divided with somebody, he steals. He doesn't give. He takes. He lies. Let's take a poll really quick. Who here thinks that I have been in a fist fight? Raise your hand. Okay, that's just rude, all right? I mean, my gosh. I love the Lord, okay? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a story. The closest I got to a fist fight, no, I have not been in a fist fight. Jeez. The closest, I live in Culver City. Like, do, we, do you guys know where that's at? Like, I'm not fighting anybody. Um, the closest I got was in seventh grade. Do you guys remember seventh grade? Are you still in therapy about seventh grade? I mean, my gosh. Do we have a seventh grader in this room right now? Just going to start speaking in tongues over them. Junior high, man, middle school. It's, it's a rough, it's, it's a rough uh, time. Two more years for you, okay. So in seventh grade, I had just moved to a new community, and I didn't have a lot of friends. And I had this one neighbor, let's call her Kim, um, in case she's watching this on YouTube later. Um, and Kim, I thought, was my friend. She would walk with me sometimes to um, the bus stop. She lived right, right behind my house. And, you know, she was someone who paid attention to me in this big old city that I didn't know anyone. And one day, I was riding my bike home from school, and I stopped at the store to get some candy. And as I was coming out of this store, again, I don't know really anyone. There's Kim. There's my neighbor, Kim. And she's like, Grace! I'm like, oh my gosh, neighbor Kim, my one and only friend I have in this city. How are you? And she said, guess what? Brittany, we'll call her Brittany, Brittany wants to fight you. And I was like, me? Seventh grade me? Like, who's Brittany and why does she want to fight me? What'd I do? And I look across the parking lot and there's about 15 seventh graders and you know how they, they like go in packs. Like, that's scary. It's like a pack of wolves. <laughs> a pack of coyotes. I don't know. And there's about 15 middle school students just looking at me. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, and I wish I could tell you. I was like, okay, Brittany. You know, like, take my earrings off. Like, let's go. No, I was scared to death. And I'm like, looking at Kim, like, I thought you were my friend. What's? What is happening? What's, who's Brittany? Why does she want to fight me? 
And I would love to tell you I got all confident. And I went, and apparently some of you think that I could do this, but I did not. Listen, you guys, I peed my pants. I'm serious. Right there, seventh grade. I just peed my pants. Yes, I am telling you that. I peed my pants. And I was just terrified. Now, I'm even more terrified. So I ride my bike over there. I'm like, what's going to happen? I can't get off my bike. Because, like, what's worse than getting beat up in seventh grade? Peeing your pants in seventh grade. Okay, that's worse. So I ride my bike over there, and I'm like, hey, hey guys, what's going on? You know, and I quickly realize the person who I thought was my friend had been manipulating behind the scenes, telling Brittany that I liked this girl's boyfriend. Right? Seventh grade boyfriends. That's why we don't date till we're 30. So I tell my, that's what I tell my kids. And I quickly realize the person who I thought was my friend, which was even sadder. I felt so alone. And I rode my bike home, and my, my older brother was at home, and he's like, what's going on with you? you know? And I told him the whole story. I think I left out the P part, but I tell him the whole story. And he, and he looked at me, and he goes, Grace, you weren't ready for that fight. I'm like, well, yeah. And then as a good older brother would, he proceeded to tell me how to fight. And I won't get into that because liability issues. But I think many of us are going through life not ready for the fight. Many of us are just floating. And we're surprised sometimes when things come up. And it knocks us around a little bit. And we think, what was that? We're just not ready. And in Ephesians 6, Paul writes, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You know, we talk about 2020. For the rest of our lives, when we say 2020, we're going to all know what that means. It's going to all bring us back to a time. And many of us were not ready for the fight that came with 2020. And if we're honest... 2019 wasn't a peach either. Like, you've been in hard seasons for a long time. You've faced and you've weathered a lot. Now we all collectively blame 2020. But life has been happening, hasn't it? Fights have been happening, haven't they? And some would look at the pandemic and they would say, it's here, it's here showing us how strong we are. And church, I, I would disagree with that because I would say that this is a source issue, not a strength issue. It's about where the source of our strength is coming from. And I don't know about you, but 2020 came in like a hurricane or a wrecking ball, like Miley says. And it knocked me around. And I'm a pastor. Like, I'm supposed to be, like, for a living, doing okay right? And knowing the word of God and standing on it and having rest. And, and it knocked me around. And I found myself just, what is happening? Mentally, I struggled. I had anxiety attacks. I had deep, deep fear that I wrestled with and I struggled with. And I quickly began to see that my, I was relying on my own ability and my own strength for far too long. And 2020 was this mirror that came up into my face that reminded me, you can't do this in your own strength. Where is the source coming from? And if we're not careful, I mean, I think many of you remembered that feeling too. Many of you, when, that, when stuff started to happen, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And isn't it funny how just a few years later, we're kind of going right back into those old rhythms of life, those old you know, we're just as busy as we were. Remember when it first happened and people were like, I love that everything slowed down. And now you're like, you know, we used to take family walks every single night when, it, when things shut down. And we loved it. I, I cooked every meal at home. And all of a sudden we're back to 
my, my 10-year-old the other day said, why don't we go on those walks anymore? I said, yeah, why don't we? Because life just starts going and we start floating. And in many, in many ways, I realized I had been relying on the idea of God. Here, I want you to catch this. We can have so much information about God. We are in an information overload society. You can get as much information about anything. Like go Google kale and you'll know every detail about the vegetable kale that there is to know. Like it is at our fingertips. We don't need more information. We need an impartation of God. We need a revelation of who he is and what he does and the source that comes. Remember when the woman with the issue of blood and she goes, if I could just touch Jesus, the hem of his garment and I will be healed. The source that was coming from Jesus, she didn't need to hear more about Jesus. She didn't need more information. Well, he's about this tall. He walks around with sandals. He hangs out with a couple dudes. He, she didn't need information about Jesus. She needed an impartation. She needed a touch. She needed the source. And, and, and church, the world needs a powerful church. The world needs a church that gets their source from Jesus. Not their source from Googling, what's a good sermon, not what's a good verse to get me through today. You need to be found in the presence of God. You need to be found in his presence. You need to stand. You need to stand. The idea of God is not going to see you through the hardest thing that is about to, to hit your life. It won't. The idea of him will not. The very presence and strength of God will. Would you invite his presence in? That song, that was so powerful. Invite him in. Invite him into this dark place that you find yourself. Invite him into the questions. Invite him in. Don't do it alone. So you want to fight like a believer. Number one, we need to be strong in the Lord. Go ahead, say that to your neighbor. Be strong in the Lord. It's not our own ability or our strength. Or our wisdom. I learned that in the pandemic. I don't have the answers. <laughs> Talk to any pastor who's been trying to figure out church in this season. Nobody knows what to do. It's not in our own strength. We need to be strong in the Lord. You, you, you're dealing with a situation with one of your, your kiddos. Your head knowledge isn't going to fix it. You researching what's happening isn't going to do it. You need to find your strength in the Lord. And you need to place that kiddo under, in, the, in the hands of Jesus and pray and believe that his strength is greater than your strength. And that you can trust him with them. Come on. When you show up with, with your own strength, it's like showing up to a house fire and you have a squirt gun. What are you going to do? I think this season has revealed areas of our life that we haven't yielded completely to Jesus. And parts of our faith that we've accomplished on our own ability I'm looking in this room, there's some smart, intelligent, strong, capable people. When have we allowed our intelligence or our gifting trump being in the presence of Jesus and allowing him to strengthen us? You will come to the end of yourself at some point. You will. Will we be found in his presence? Will we get our strength like Matthew 19, 26 says? That with men, this is impossible. But with God, 
all things are possible. Or Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ who strengthens me. Or Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. So let's check in really quick. Are you with me? Are you okay? You still like me? Don't answer that. Tell, send an email to Pastor Sharon. Let her know. She'll fight. She'll fight you. So let's check in really quick if you are in your own strength, your own ability, you're trying to do it on your own. These are, these are just, this isn't an exhaustive list, but it might just help you check in a little bit. Can we check in for a second? So sometimes when you know you're acting in your own strength and not in the Lord's, you're just flat out tired. And I'm not talking because everyone in the room's like, well, <laughs> Grace, you know. No, no, no. I'm talking about like no vacation is going to fix this. No day off is going to fix this. You are flat out tired. Um, it's not just a nap that is needed, which that would be lovely too. But you're annoyed if someone asks you to do something. Do they not know how tired I am? Do they not know what's on my plate? You don't want to show up for people. You don't want to do things that you once loved. People exhaust you. Your work exhausts you. The idea of doing anything for anyone annoys you. You feel taken advantage of if someone dares ask you to show up and help teach in the Sunday school at Life Church. You are tired because you've been working in your own strength and your own ability, and you've come to the end of yourself, and it's exhausting. Or maybe, too, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. You tell yourself things like, if I don't make sure I'm present for my kids, they're not going to make it through this grade. If I don't let everyone know every detail about COVID and the numbers and the vaccines and the masks and the new mandates, someone's going to die. I don't show up to every family gathering. They're not going to know I care. If I'm not in that work meeting, nothing's going to come out like it should. Unless I pray enough, my mom won't be healed. If I make the wrong decision, my whole life's going to be ruined. That is exhausting. Or maybe number three, your identity gets all tangled up in the approval or disapproval of others. One minute, you get a praise from someone and you're on top of the world. You're ready to go. But as soon as you hear that criticism, you're ready to call it quits and walk away. Because your identity is so enmeshed and tangled with what other people think or say. And not what God says. Or how about this one? Your mouth filter is gone. Your mouth filter, the thing that tells you don't say that, is, is out to lunch. That filter is not around. Have you ever just said something? You go, well, that just slipped out. No, it didn't. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That did not just slip out. Your filter, lack thereof, is showing Maybe your words are so quick to defend yourself. Well, I did. Well, what do you? I didn't mean it that way. You're so quick to try to protect yourself. You're so quick to slander somebody else or criticize or wound. We won't even get into the swear words that can come out. Come on, you guys. Just check in. Is there any one of those that you could check off your list? Okay, fine. Look at your neighbor and tell them which one that you've seen in them that. I was thinking number three for you. Two, number two. Were you thinking two? Were you thinking two? <laughs> I love it when, when married couples get in fights at church. Because, like, someone's like, are you, are you taking notes, you know? Don't do that. That's usually a really big indicator that you need to look and ask Jesus what's happening in you. That was free. That was a free marriage um, therapy session right there. So how, what do we do? What do we do if we're like, yeah, man, I, I am a little tired, and I, I, feel, I think maybe, yes, I'm operating in my own strength here. We go down, and Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And 
And I don't have all the time today to, to get into what the full armor of God is. And I'm sure that you have learned this in church before. But um, really quick, there's a picture here that gives you sort of um, the metaphoric, uh, metaphorical look um, at a warrior's army. And it breaks it down to the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes of readiness, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. And he also goes on to talk about a little secret weapon called prayer. Notice it says, don't um, put on the full belt of the truth of what Facebook says. The helmet of your own understanding. We need to go, if we're going to fight like a believer, we need to be found in his presence. We need to stand firm in who God says we are who God is, we need to suit up every day, put on the full armor of God. And he goes on to say, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is one thing for there to be a misunderstanding between one another, or for you simply to not care for how somebody acts. But when we start to point the finger at one another, we've missed the point. That that's not who we're fighting against. Our struggle is not against one another, but it's against the rulers. And how do we defeat the enemy? Is we stand firm and we put on the full armor of God. And number two, you need to know your enemy. And if you think it's a red horn pitchfork, guy that shows up at Halloween, you've, you've been um, led astray. <laughs> and I don't have time to get into the whole demonology and, and, and go there. And quite honestly, he doesn't deserve the screen time. But John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that they may have a life and have it to the full. John 8.44 says that he was a murderer from the beginning. He is not your friend, and he is going to lie to you. And 1 Peter 5.8 says that he is the father of lies. He will lie to you. Or he'll take one little truth and twist it so it sounds right, but it's a lie. And from the very beginning, the enemy, the devil, was trying to bring division among us and God, us and one another. And how do we fight? We get our strength from the Lord, we put on the full armor of God, and we stand. He wants to divide us. Should we wear a mask? No mask. Should we get vaccinated? No vaccine. Should we homeschool our kids now or put them in, in school? Should we stay at, online at church or should we come into the building? He's at work just wanting to divide and wanting to discourage and wanting to distract us. And will we simply stop floating in that current and will we stand? And then the last one here is it says to stand firm. So in verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand. When he says to put on, this is an action that, and something that as believers we must deliberately do. We cannot passively walk through our life. We cannot passively float through this life. Will you be a people that deliberately says, okay, man, I'm going to find my strength in the Lord. I'm going to put on the full armor of God and I'm going to stand. And just as a Roman soldier, that picture that we saw couldn't, could not reasonably enter into battle with a partial suit of armor. He put on the whole thing, right? And the, and the readers of this letter, they would have had a very visual of, of soldiers walking around regularly. They, that would have been so ingrained in there. Like every time they saw that soldier, they'd be like, that's right, put on the full armor of God. The whole thing. They don't walk out without the helmet, without the shoes on. The whole thing is in place. And it would have been such a beautiful picture. And as we're closing, I just, I had, I, the Lord had brought this picture to my mind of when a hurricane comes through a community. And the buildings and the structures and the schools and the homes, 
They fortify. They, they, they put boards up against the windows. They don't say, okay, a hurricane's coming, and we need to get some trucks in here. We're going to get all these buildings out of here. No, they fortify what is there. They put sandbags around, and they get ready to stand in the storm. And you quickly see the houses that aren't built on a good foundation, don't you? And you quickly see the homes that needed a little bit more fortifying because, man, that wind took them out. And would we be a people that say, finally, finally, I will find my strength in the Lord. I will put on the full armor of God and I will stand. And the winds will blow and the rain will come. And the trials will beat on us and we will stand firm. And I love how it says, and then continue to stand. Friends, we are in the continue right now. The first stand was like ending 20, going into 2021. Okay, I can stand. All right. We're in the trilogy. We're in the continue to stand. And would we be a people that would continue to stand? Would you stand with me as we end? You did it. We made it, guys. We made it. How do we speak life? Definitely not with our own ability. Man, I see a lot of that happening. The church, in their own ability, trying to love people, in their own, their own strength and knowledge, trying to speak life. It's not going to cut it. Man, it's not going to cut it. This world deserves to know the Jesus that died for them. This world deserves to know and see in action the power that comes through the Holy Spirit. And it needs a church and a people. Say, I'm the church. Look at your neighbor, say, they're just talking to you. The world needs a church that's going to speak life, but it's going to find its source in Jesus. It's going to stand firm, fully suited up, ready to go. I would love to pray for you because I know it's one thing to say these things and amen us and, and, and agree. And it's, it's quite another to walk out this door and to live that out. It's quite another to show up Monday and homeschool your kids and I'm standing. Show up at work. Man, with that person who's so annoying <laughs> and speak life. So, Jesus, we ask that it's not in our strength. Come on, why don't you just surrender your strength over to him right now? We need, we are dependent on the strength that comes from you. We need the source of life that comes from you, God. We cannot do this on our own. And I pray right now for those areas that you revealed to us where we've been living in our own strength. Come on, allow the Holy Spirit to, to remind you, hey, it's this area, it's this area. Yeah, the, the, this part in your marriage that's struggling, it's your own strength. You're, kind, you're, you're coming at it with your own strength. That work situation, that life situation, let them, let them show you what it is where, where you thought you could do it on your own. And we surrender that. Go ahead, picture yourself surrendering it to Jesus right now. He wants to be the source of your life. And friends, he doesn't look at you in this moment and go, where have you been? He looks and says, get over here. Come close. I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this moment. Let me fill you. And Jesus, we just pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would fill every person in this room that wants to be filled. Every person who wants to be filled online in this room, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Fill us, renew us, restore us. Be the source of our life. And God, would you, would you show us the areas that we've decided with the, with the full armor of God, we've decided, well, I don't really need that part. And that we would put on the full armor and you would remind us again every day, 
put on the full, that we would suit up for this battle that we are in. We would fight like a believer because our source comes from you. We put on the full armor, God. And God, for those of us that feel like I have been floating, that we would stand. Give us the strength to stand. Give us the strength to stand in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we say thank you to the Lord for what we heard today? Hey, don't go anywhere, Grace. Don't go anywhere. Can we say thank you to Pastor Grace? <clears throat> we have a tradition here at at Life Church. Your your husband six about six years ago when he came and preached at the church, which is way too long ago. Um, we practiced this tradition on that day, and so now we get to uh, bring it full circle and and pray for the other half of the the Kladnik crew. So part of our tradition here is that when we have guests come from the outside, we love to bless them with a prayer. And so uh, Life Church, you, if you've been around, if you were here last Sunday, you know how we do this. Extend a hand of blessing towards Pastor Grace with me. And will you just pray whatever is on your heart to pray a blessing for her now? Uh, pray for her. Pray for her husband, Pastor Matt. Uh, pray for their children, for their church, Vintage Faith, for Pastor Grace's role in our district. Just go ahead, and I I'd love to be able to hear you, but, uh, but, but the Lord wants to hear you pray a blessing over Pastor Grace even now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for the gift that grace is to your church. We thank you for the gift that, that she is to our district, to the 430-odd churches that are in our district that she is an associate supervisor in. We thank you for her role to be a blessing to Life Church as one of those churches which she helps to oversee and to all of the other churches in our district. We thank you for the gift that she is to us. We are better because of her ministry. Lord, we, we pray a blessing for her now, uh, having come driven out here to bring a message uh, uh, to stand to our church in this season. We pray a blessing over her and over Matt and their children, over their church, that you would strengthen any place that needs to be strengthened in their standing and in their fighting, that we would continue to be able to look to these incredible people uh, as encouragement of people we stand shoulder to shoulder with. Lord, we pray that you would answer the prayers that Pastor Grace is praying this week, that you would bring miracles into her, uh, into her life, into her family, and into her ministry in the name of Jesus. Bless her for being such a blessing to us today. Amen. Amen. Amen.